Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to cover a couple of different things about the supposed second civil war that's coming or a national divorce and just show people how that's just another series of rhetoric, Barnum statements, and nonsense to distract you. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth. See, I used to be a constitutional conservative, and then I figured it out almost 20 years ago that it was a complete scam. And when I figured that out, I became a self-certified master practitioner. (laughs) And I recently awarded myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for all the great work I've done on this podcast. So I made sure that I had the credentials to speak on these topics. So let's go ahead and stop fooling around and get the show going. Well, this phony baloney election season, of course, is cranking up. And now we had this ridiculous raid on Trump's place. (laughs) And there's talk all the time now about a coming civil war and national divorce and all this crap. People don't seem to understand how... All of these are simply narratives that float around out in the public, and they are absolute and utter horseshit. The voting thing I've gone through again and again, I'm not going to cover that. I want to talk today about the massive number of inconsistencies and nonsensical ideas that people string together that they think somehow there'll be a national divorce or a civil war or something like that and just show people how that's never going to happen and how the the people in that movement, the constitutional conservatives who act like that's going to happen, they're just complete liars that this is just another way that they are tricking the population and imagining that somehow there's relief on the way and that if there isn't relief with the voting that this could get ugly It's just never going to be true like that. That's not the way it's going to happen. There's no chance. And I've made a show before that indicated all the different reasons for why so-called revolution is not going to happen anything like it happened when we had our original one. It's just the times are completely different. And it's clear to me that the reality is I have to repeat the kind of information the shows in different ways again and again and again because... The people are very brainwashed, and the only way you can unwash is to get more repetition in different examples of the same topics. And this is actually a slightly different way to come at it. I want to show people that, look, if you're talking about a civil war, which is one of the narratives that comes up all the time, I ask people all the time, okay, so what flag will we fly on our side and what flag will they fly on their side? Oh, the flag doesn't matter. The flag does matter. Oh, yeah. In every civil war, there's different flags. Every kind of actual war, both sides have a different flag. The U.S. military is not going to fight under any flag except for the United States flag, period. And since the people who are going to be on the supposed other side of this are going to be the constitutional conservatives, right, you think the U.S. military is going to adopt a different flag? No, you're going to fight the U.S. government, right? You're going to fight the U.S. government. That's the supposed theory under this nonsense that's never going to happen. So what's the flag of the constitutional conservatives who are upset and want to go back and take the Constitution back? It's the U.S. flag. 
See, both sides want the same symbol. They want to defend the same set of documents. They want to defend the same government. The only thing they actually disagree about is these fiscal policies and the way the government's being used. That's not the basis for a civil war. See, it's not because both sides think that the government is their rightful heir, that they are the defenders of the Constitution and the American system. Do you see that? See, in our civil war, it wasn't a civil war. See, they call it a civil war. It's just more confusion for the people. Um, The South was a completely and totally different country. They had a totally different flag. In civil wars in other countries, if you look at the rebels that they'll be called, they have their own flag. They have their own idea. They're not going to go in there and take the government over. See, that's always the plan here is that the people on the right who claim that there's a civil war coming, are they going to go in there and get rid of the United States government? No, they want to go in there and supposedly run that exact same government under the exact same documents in the way they think it should happen. Well, what are the liberals doing? They're standing over there waving the flag saying this is what the Constitution's about. This is what the United States government's about. See, it's not a civil war. You're not looking to dissolve the government and take the country over. That's what happens in a civil war. People fight within a territory. They don't go outside the territory of the country because then that would be an invasion to another country, and then that other country might get involved. What they do is they organize to take over the government of the landmass that currently exists under the so-called government and country that currently exists. There's under no circumstances anything like that even theoretically on the table in our country because the constitutional conservatives run around and push the Constitution and the liberals push the Constitution. They each push the Constitution. You can't have a civil war. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't mean that the two sides don't disagree. They do. I'm telling you, I'm showing you that these are all distractions. There's no civil war coming. That doesn't make any sense. It's never going to happen for so many reasons. And there's not going to be a national divorce either. Because the only way you get a national divorce would be the concept that somehow it's split. But our country can't be split like that because our country's divisions, even though you can paint the map in different ways, red and blue and all this different stuff, everybody knows it's nothing like that. Like then Texas, it's technically a red state, but the metro areas, they're all blue. (laughs) They're all blue. And the suburbs just bordering it are conservative. And that's what happens a lot of places. Even crazy places like Detroit or Chicago or something like that, most of the time the city itself is, is very, very blue. And then the surrounding suburbs where the people actually have jobs and and do shit that aren't just government related, they're all red. So it's not like the North and the South where you had two totally different countries and a very clear division. See, it's nothing like that. There's no way to divide it up. The vast majority of the people are split in a million different ways now. And so getting a national divorce makes no sense. Sure, of course, we can try to decentralize, of course. I'm in favor of decentralizing, but you have to start with secession movements. Texas has a secession movement. It's not going to go anywhere, but it's there, okay? I think it's probably been fully co-opted by now. My, my personal opinion is secession needs to be on the ballot every single time in every single state when there's a statewide election because that's what actual options and choice and voluntary association look like. Every single time, the people in the state get to decide whether or not they want to continue to be part of this gigantic federal load of shit. Okay. 
But that's not ever going to happen uh, in, in the next few years because we can't get any discussion going about it. I'm simply pointing out, let's just say Texas seceded. They managed to get enough votes, even though Governor Abbott, he's under a lot of pressure. People don't understand how close it is. These elections in Texas, the statewide elections, they're not blowouts like they are in most places like California and stuff or New York, where it's just pretty much, if you win the Democrat primary, you win. It's true in Texas, if you win the Republican primary, you're probably going to win the governorship, but it's going to be close, even with a candidate as weak as Beto O'Rourke. Imagine if the liberals could produce a decent candidate. Think how well they do, even with the horrible candidates they have. Think how well they do. They're winning all over the place. There's small areas where we make some progress here and there, but it, it falls back. But think about Texas, even they've seceded, what would happen? You'd have just huge amounts of disputes inside the state, see, because it's all intermixed, because the situation is nothing like it was in our Civil War, which wasn't a Civil War. It's just, again, a misnaming in order to keep people confused. It's just a misnaming to keep people confused. In most civil wars, when you have a real civil war, uh, what happens is the rebels, they fight under a different rebel flag. And then when they win, they change the country's flag and the, and the government falls. And that's it. The government falls. Nobody on either side is talking about having the government of the United States fall. They're talking about taking it back over. Of course, the liberals already have it and running it, quote, the way it's supposed to be. There's no change actually going on there. See? There's no change actually going on there. And all these national divorce things, they make no sense. Where The state's right next to each other and then on the other side, and then you got a city, and then you got a county. There's nothing like that. It can't happen. See, it can't happen. None of those things can happen. They're just ways of distracting people. There's no other way to describe that except for a massive distraction. And the reason these things exist like this is because the nature of the economy is 100% fake now. If it wasn't for all the debt and the government subsidies, jobs, and uh, contracts, the economy would be completely gone in this country. It would be devastated. It would look like a third world country. That's just a simple reality. And the only reason it continues on is because we have this massive military that can prop up this fake money system that makes everything operate. But you're never going to get government employees to turn on the federal government because then they're going to lose their job and their pension. That's never going to happen. See, that that will never happen. And you're never going to get the U.S. military to fight under any flag except the United States flag. No, the U.N. flag. Give me a break. The Korean War was a U.N. uh, peacekeeping mission. Soldiers fought under the United States flag, not under the U.N. flag. They want their coffins draped in it. Give me a break. They salute it. It's this huge deal. They'll risk their lives to run up there and grab it and bring it back. You know? (laughs) By the dawn's early light, our flag was still there. This is the reality of these soldiers are brainwashed into protecting the Constitution. The liberals believe they are supporting the Constitution, whether they are liberal in in the Army, though most of the people in the Army tend to be more conservative. The people continue to confuse the idea of libertarian type of economic policies with political movements. They aren't the same thing. See, they aren't the same thing. There's a huge amount of confusion around that. They conflate the concepts of libertarian sort of economic policy with political theory. They are not 
the same thing. They're very, very different things. You could have a communist country and operate with uh, libertarian kinds of principles as far as the economic policies of the government went. You could easily do that. You can have a United States government like we have, and you can have it be extremely left-wing kinds of economic policies, which we have. But see, once you have a system where the money system is totally fake, like we've had for 120 years, basically, once you have that system and it's infiltrated everything, and everybody's wealth, this massive amount of fake wealth that people run around and have now, all depends upon this system, this fake system. They're never, ever, ever going to stand against it, and they don't. See, in the American Revolution, again, that was actually a revolutionary war. See, that was a revolt. That's a revolution. Well, did they carry the Union Jack? Did they? Did they carry, like, Union Jack Plus, like, to indicate they wanted to be, like, a better version of it? No, they carried a totally separate flag. See, a totally separate flag. And when they got in place, did they then keep the king? Were they arguing we need a better king? Their king? No. We got the Arlington Confederation. See, and the Revolutionary War, of course, all of those things are completely impossible to reproduce because in the Revolutionary War, we had a huge number of the very, very wealthy people were on the side of revolution because they saw that as their economic interest. And I don't care what you think, the people who are billionaires today and have hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, the kinds of people we need on our side, the well-positioned political figures, the judges or the high-end CEOs and things like that, people who can actually make a difference and can get people together, anybody in media, it's all fully controlled. But all those people are 100% on the side of keeping the United States government going and just arguing about these miscellaneous policy matters. None of them are going to support getting rid of the United States government. One, you're not even allowed to discuss violently overthrowing it. See, that's not possible. It's completely illegal. So you're never going to get a movement like that where rich people are going to push that because they can just immediately be arrested. And they would be. See, in the Revolutionary War times, that didn't happen. They had a few soldiers here, but it was weeks and weeks, and sometimes, I don't know how long, maybe a month and a half or two months between the time something could happen here. They could run, get a messenger over, put them on a boat, sail them over, get to the king, have come back, get organized, f- sail back with some shit, and then try to get there. You're talking about months. Now you're talking about a team that can just come down that next night. They pick some shit up on your email or Twitter or some other thing, direct message, phone call, it's all encrypted. They already have people infiltrated all of the different things. What happens? They just come to your door and arrest you the next day. That's it. It's not the same. You can't organize what we organized before. And that's why these constitutional conservatives constantly talk about the Revolutionary War as though somehow that can be repeated in some form or fashion. Nothing like that can happen in this country. Nothing like that can happen in this country. See, they were able to agitate and talk about it and meet in cafes and pass out pamphlets and get organized and talk about it. And the British couldn't do much about that. You can't do any of those things now. So you can't do any of those things. So there's no way to form any kind of organization, even if you had the people on your side. And we don't, because all those people who would be on our side 250 years ago they're the Elon Musks and the, and the you know, Berkshire Hathaways and the, all these different kinds of maybe the Koch brothers and crap. Well, they're all completely against us now because they know that they basically are criminals who use this fake money system and these proxy violence of government to get all the shit they have. 
That's just the reality. People don't want to accept that because they're so brainwashed again and again by constitutional conservatives with this kind of Horatio Alger, pull yourself up by your bootstraps fantasy that they are constantly fed. And that whole story is as much of a fantasy as anything to do with voting or the Constitution or you having rights. But you can see how the system doesn't make any sense. There's so many things that are being confused and conflated in the current situation with these Barnum statements about revolution and we're going to have a second American revolution. We're going to have a national divorce. Well, one, you can't even discuss a second American revolution. You can't. All you can talk about is voting. See, all you can talk about is voting. And so all the discussion out in the public about a second American revolution by these jokers and media, that's all just a distraction. So it's just a way to make people continue to think that there are solutions and that we're working on it. And therefore, go back to work, keep paying your taxes and keep loving on the soldiers and the police. See, every single person on the right who pushes this supposed second revolution that could be coming if the liberals aren't careful or national divorce, they are also the biggest supporters of law enforcement in the military. So how's that going to work? You think the U.S. military is going to somehow fight under a different flag on either side. You're never going to get the U.S. military to fight under a different flag. It's not going to work. See, the the entire construct of the fraud that, that makes this place run is this fantasy belief that we are the good guys fighting for the Constitution that's a miracle document that produces freedom that we fly around the world and spread. And that's what people in the military believe to the extent that they're in there and believing not just people who want to just go kill people legally. And there's a bunch of people like that in there. And they, they, might, they might become mercenaries, but they wouldn't be fighting on the U.S. flag. They wouldn't care. They fight under the U.S. flag for the same reason that people uh, fight under the uh, French Foreign Legion. They fight under whatever flag they're told. They're basically just paid mercenaries. You know, that's what they are. But there's a lot of true believers There's no way to structure a system where you have two sides who want to carry the same flag, and then you have a war. See, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. It just points out the fact that all the talk around it is, again, just a distraction and an illusion. It's just a complete illusion. There's no foundation at all for a second American revolution. (laughs) You can't have a revolution to take over a government to run the government the same way with the same documents. So it doesn't work. That's the opposite of a revolution. That's what these phony baloney elections are about. That's another reason, like I say, that this idea of the coup on January 6th just fails automatically as an insurrection. You're not trying in any way to take over the government in an improper way. You're trying to take over the government in a way you believe is proper. (laughs) So all these things are just a confused ball. On top of things like the libertarian movement. The libertarian movement is basically an economic movement. It's not a political movement. It's not a political movement. So all of these issues, when you actually start looking at them closely, you see that there's absolutely zero chance there's going to be an American revolution. The people in every single state are massively divided. Literally, neighborhoods that are inside the city where they have all these massive services are one way, and literally people drive just to get out of that so they can be in a separate so-called municipality and have a different school district, and they're completely the opposite. And then on the other side of that, next to that's another liberal place. See, that's the way the country's been divided up. And even inside of the conservative places, it's massively different. 
See, it's completely and massively different. Even in California, which is full of incredible kooks, you still get like 35, 40% Republican votes. So a good third of that entire state of kooks is uh, conservative. A lot of people vote just to get government aid. See, when the government distorts the market as badly as they have, think of all the people who work for government, millions and millions. Think of all the different companies that are dependent upon government contracts, millions and millions and millions of additional people. See, all those people, they, there's under no circumstances they're going to be up for a revolution that gets rid of the United States government. Under no circumstance. See, that will never, ever happen. <laughs> right? See, that didn't exist. There was no part of that existed when there was actually a revolution in our country when we fought the British. There was nothing like that. The currency was hard gold and silver. That's it. That's it. And you can use your other enemy's currency as long as it's gold and silver. It makes no difference. A coin's a coin if it's actual gold or silver. Do- again, doesn't exist. And very soon it's all going to be fully digitized. And so you're going to be able to be shut out of any kind of arrangement to get weapons and all this other shit, try to arm yourself. It's not going to be possible when the electronic system's completely locked down. And it's already plenty far enough along for it to happen. Okay, you'd never get that going. All of these things that go on in these other countries, and all these other, it's all 100% approved by the governments. See, they pretend like they're upset about terror and stuff, but there's no way to do all these massive banking transactions and billions of dollars like they do with these drugs and everything else unless the governments are involved. And the United States government, because the Bank of International Settlements and all that shit, it all runs through there. And so the illusion that there's all this dissent and fighting and wars, none of that's possible with the current banking system. All that stuff could easily be shut down. And again, that didn't exist with the American Revolution. On top of all the weapons issues and the grossly uh, outmanned now, it's not the same. You look at the size of the battles in the Revolutionary where they're very small, several hundred people. A huge battle was a, was a few thousand. Huge. There were lots of, tons and tons of very important battles that had fewer than 100 people in them. Tons. And, you know, that's, again, a complete and total impossibility today, right? Where are you going to have a battle? Where are you going to have a battle inside the United States in these giant cities and stuff? How how are you going to have a battle? You can't. It's just urban warfare. How's that even going to work? You got the same flag. What are you fighting to try to get control of? The U.S. military can just come in. Everybody's interconnected. You got all this electronic shit. It's not going to work. There's nothing like that happening. On top of the fact that you can't organize, you can't even discuss it. I'm here to tell you that all that discussion is nonsense. It's nonsense to drive people into voting that we have to take over because this is ridiculous the way they're running the FBI. And I already made this show showing you all that's bullshit. It's such a classic example of the way Barnum statements are used to fire people up. They use this rhetoric that makes no sense when you analyze it. They act as though quoting the founding fathers is somehow applicable today. It's not. It's not applicable. Nothing like that could ever work today. Not even remotely close in the United States. Even look at these other crappy countries, right, where they still have revolutions. Right, what happens? Well, the rebels live out in the hills. Or they come in and they get some cities that are much more rural away from the capital. They get control of them. They have them, right? And the people are kind of pawns in the middle because both sides are horribly corrupt. But I'm just describing the situation. Where's that going to happen here? Where's that going to happen? Because the vast majority of places, even like in Idaho, right, where there's a ton of very liberty-minded people, you go to these big cities like Coeur d'Alene, which aren't even big cities, or Boise and stuff, they're not that conservative. Lots of them are pretty much woke-ish now. The people from California pour in. See, that's a system they have. 
they have this fake money system that creates this fake real estate wealth for all these people in California, New York, and these different places. And then they turn them into liberals, they give them government pensions, and then they pour them out when they retire after 20, 25 years. So they're only in their 40s, early 50s. They pour them into these other states and they just pollute the living shit out of everything. They spread this California cancer, New York cancer everywhere, Chicago cancer. They spread these cancers with their fake money system. They're everywhere. And they're buying all this stuff up, like I said, in all these places that could be conservative. But they're not. So they're not. So what would it look like? How could it ever happen? It can't. See, none of those things can happen. That's why I try to explain to people that, look, if you, if you want to have these things done, you have to win the hearts and minds of people and you have to massively decentralize. And these discussions about a national divorce, they make no sense. If these guys were serious about a national divorce, they'd take up the idea of, I've already told people, that secession needs to be on the state ballot every single state, every single time there's an election, not one time, every time. That's what actual voluntary association looks like. The people in the state no longer want to be part of the federal government, then they get to exit out. That would apply pressure, see? But they don't push movements like that because they always continue to push back to this idea that the Constitution's a brilliant freedom machine. See, that's what always is underlies all of it. This is what I'm trying to show people is that these sides that appear out in public, they're controlled opposition because they're always ultimately on the same side, the side of the United States government. They're just arguing about what it should look like. They're arguing about what their prison warden should do. That's it. What kind of prison they should be in. There's no discussion of any of the fundamental issues ever, just rhetoric, Barnum statements, and things that make absolutely no sense if you analyze them. And again, this is necessary because people are getting uh, frustrated. So they know that the people are getting more and more frustrated. So they've raised a level of rhetoric to this civil war idea and this, and this national divorce idea. But anybody who actually looks at it beyond the absurd Barnum statement that it is, sees, just like I've shown in this show that none of it makes any sense. There's absolutely no way forward in those kinds of things. None. And that's why the things are promoted, because they will never do anything. They propose no actual risk to the system, because actually both sides are supporting the system. They're just arguing about what the system should look like. See, and that's not a revolution. It's not a revolution. It's not even close. And the national divorce is totally impossible because of the way the economy works now. And the loyalty of all these people that the government has bought through all these completely unconstitutional programs and the fact that the government is just such a huge piece of the puzzle now in a million different ways. People are so tied to it in a thousand different ways. And all the businesses are all completely in bed with this complete and total fake money system. So many people have to work for large companies and other things. And those large companies are all 100% totally dependent upon the uh, largesse of the state. That's why they grew so large. It's not because they had a better mousetrap. That's all bullshit, people are told. Microsoft's product completely and totally sucks, but look that they dominate, right? Always with the updates. The updates just suck. You update, what happens? Your system all fucking falls apart. That thing should be operating as absolute rock solid, no problems at this point, but it's not. Every single new so-called update sucks worse than the last, the new version. They force you out of all these other things. They're all in bed together. Apple and Facebook collecting all of the personal data, Microsoft collecting all the business data. It's all it's all right there in front of your face. Google as a sort of central system, all obviously NSA created. All this shit's like that now. So the whole economy is all interrelated. It's nothing like the American Revolution, and it's nothing like the Civil War, because the Civil War was never a civil war. The South was not attempting to take over Washington, D.C. and impose its will on the North. It wasn't happening. The North was invading a separate country, a separate country. They had voted to leave. I thought our vote was uh, 
the most sacred thing. Well, the people in that state, all of those states, they voted at different times to leave and they wanted to join another country. So the United States, what was left of it, they called themselves the Union. They went down there, invaded and took them over and forced them back in. That's not a civil war in any sort. That's absurd. That is uh, one country invading another and forcing it to join its country and then just calling it uh, a rebellion. It wasn't a rebellion. If you vote to leave and you start a new country, it's not a rebellion. There's only a couple ways it can happen, right? A rebellion would be having a fight with the North to leave. They had already left. So it's, it's all confused, and that's why the use of the Civil War and all the references to our Revolutionary War and citing the founders, it's all just a distraction to keep people very confused. And the libertarians, like I said, for the most part, the vast majority of the libertarian movement is simply an economic movement. It's not a political movement. The reason it, it has even a flavor of politics is because the government is so huge that it controls the vast amount of the economy. So in order to implement economic policies, you have to take over our government. Well, that's not the way it was supposed to be set up, at least theoretically and allegedly. But it doesn't matter now because we're way past that. See, we're way past that because hundreds of millions of people do believe the government has all these authorities and powers and should be doing all these things, and that's where we are. And so they're using this concept of a civil war, floating this rhetoric about a national divorce, and all, without actually ever defining anything exactly like they always do. So people are falling into it. It's no different than Q, and then somehow Q and all their stupid Q shit, they're going to take over this, and the storm is coming, and they're going to clean house. Even this something as radical as that, right? What are they trying to do? Restore the Constitution, restore the Republic, all this shit. Well, if we're not operating in the Constitution right now, then the government has no authority whatsoever. Why do the people who are on that side constantly tell you that you should obey the law, obey law enforcement? Those people should be telling you that those people are your enemy. They're traitors. They're traitors. What they're doing it has absolutely no authority. But they don't tell you that. Why? For a variety of reasons. One, they're controlled opposition. Two, it's completely illegal to discuss doing most of these things. And the system is totally locked down, unlike when we had a Revolutionary War, unlike when the so-called fake Civil War was fought. See, none of those things were ever possible. Once you have electronic centralization like they do and this massive fake money system running all over the world, and now you have planes and you have every kind of transmission being picked up and all these different weapons we know nothing about and gas and flying. They can do anything to us. It's never going to work like people imagine. It's never going to. The solutions are the kinds of things I've talked about on my show again and again. It has to be very local. These juries need to be the PowerPoint. That's the fulcrum. But they never talk about that. In fact, I've played the show where one of the premier constitutional conservative lawyer and media was running down during nullification, acting like that was a problem. In other words, he's attempting to, to disempower the people while he pretends he wants to empower them. He disempowers the jury, which is actually powerful, and empowers you on the vote, which is actually meaningless. And that's the way controlled opposition works. People don't seem to understand that if you're going to set a system up Right? And your system depends upon people defending the system. And you want to run the system into a communist system. What is the way you would do it? What is it? Well, you have a couple of parties, right? And one of them is very liberal and one of them is not. And they fight and you slowly grow the power of the liberal party by brainwashing the population over decades, which they've done. And your conservative side is weak like the... Washington generals against the Globetrotters. They're weak and they're ineffective, but they speak a big game 
but they don't actually end up doing anything. And then slowly over time, it grows. And over time, you get a radical, radical left because the people have been pushed into it. And the choice is either this incredibly radical left or a position that the people don't like on the right. Right. So the people, the liberals, they a lot of them are not that happy with how liberal the Democrats are, but they hate the conservatives. See, they hate some of the stands because they turned it into this kind of Jesus, God and country thing. And those people act like they're against that. So they don't like that. So even though they don't think the Democrats are great, they vote for them. They just keep getting pushed left on the conservative side. It's the exact same thing. Most of the people who vote Republican, they look at the Democrats and they say, completely useless. What's the choice? Got to vote Republican. Okay, so they vote Republican. And what does that do? (laughs) It doesn't do anything. It just continues the game. And so you can see that if you wanted to run the game and you actually did control both sides, that what you see is exactly what would be happening. That both parties would slowly get moved left, which is what happens, and each one of the bulk of the party's voters that support them would look at the other side and say that that's a worse evil, so they vote for the lesser evil. Most Democrats don't even support a lot of this crazy, kooky, liberal shit, but what's their option? What's their option? Their option is to vote conservative, which they disagree with even more, so it's a worse choice. Not a great choice, but a worse choice, and what most conservatives do. They look at the Republicans and they say they suck, but what's, what's their choice? Democrats. They suck worse, so lesser two evils. They get both sides of the population voting for lesser two evils. And then they drive the entire national conversation way left each time. So you're stuck each time that if you want to support some of these core things that one side does, then you have to vote for that side even though they suck. And it doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right. It doesn't matter if you're on the left or right. People forget that when they gave us, through the Supreme Court, they gave us this marriage shit where the marriage is going to now between man and a man and a dog and a man and anything else. When they did that, that was 2012. That was 10 years ago. But right before that, California itself had rejected same-sex marriage in a referendum. See, so California isn't full of these people that you think. Yeah, they're liberal kooks, and most of them are on government subsidies in some form or fashion, and they make all this money with their free real estate uh, skyrocketing. It's true. And their state government is subsidized in, endlessly by the federal government, so it's, it's a hotbed for it. But even the individual people out there don't support a lot of the crazy positions. But what is their choice? Their only other choice is the Republicans who they disagree with more. See, they disagree with them more. So the system actually runs exactly like you would expect it to. And the fact that people can't identify these things as controlled opposition is just because they're so brainwashed. Every side is so incredibly brainwashed. And this whole national potential second civil war rhetoric that's floating around because of the Trump people being upset and stuff, it's all just being driven to create the idea that we really have to vote extra super hard next time. That's all it is, because there is absolutely no way, no way has ever been floated. There's no way possible to have a so-called national divorce. It's not possible. All that can happen is you can maybe get a couple states to start seceding and then start you know, breaking it up from there. But nobody, again, nobody's talking about that. They're talking about in these generalized terms of a civil war, a national divorce. What are they predicting? Red and blue states? Give me a break. Come on. Anybody can look at those maps. It makes no sense. Tons and tons of states that are blue, uh, they're just, they're heavily red all over. And tons of the states that are red are just heavily blue in all the urban areas. And so it doesn't really work. So it's not like that. In the South, it wasn't like that. See, they had a whole separate country. And it, the idea that it was about slavery is just, it's such a minor issue compared to the reality. I've told people again and again, only 25% of the people in the South even owned a slave. 
and the vast majority of that 25% only owned one slave. There's almost no real difference between the people who own one slave and the slave themselves as just kind of a poor worker, which we have now. It's just the nature of automation has made it such you don't need a lot of human labor. One to two percent of the people in the South owned all the slaves. So that means that 98 percent of the people in the South really didn't have slaves. They had one slave or no slaves, and yet they were unified together. Okay, why? Because it was a way of life. They'd left. They voted. They didn't like the idea. They knew they were going to be a permanent underclass. They were getting abused by the union inside of the constitutional systems. They voted to leave. They weren't trying to take over the North. But you can see why there was so much cohesion. That's why they fought so fiercely. See, they fought so fiercely because they didn't have to worry about their own supply lines. They didn't. How would you have a supply line inside the United States now anywhere? You've got so many different people who don't agree with you mixed in. Like I said, even in California, 35 40%. You can't operate in an area like that. You can't have supply lines across California in an actual civil war because the rural areas are conservative. <laughs> How's it going to work? You're going to airdrop everything in all these urban cities? It's not going to work. See, none of it actually works if you start looking at actual logistics and stop talking about Barnum statements and start looking at practicalities of the way any of these things can actually work and how any of these things actually have anything to do with the stupid shit that they're saying on radio, saying on TV, writing in articles, putting on the internet. It's just blather, people. It's just endless blather to keep people riled up and imagining that something's actually happening while they shut the electronic prison doors. And it's coming very, very soon. Very soon. So it's not like the stuff I say can really be argued because they're just facts. It's not, it's not my opinion. My opinion is that it's not going to happen based upon the facts that are basically undeniable. So it's not the same thing. If you can admit my undeniable facts and then come to a different conclusion, okay, I don't see how that can possibly make any sense, but at least I could understand that you think those facts, the fact that it's all split up and the government's in charge of everything, they, those support the fact that there could be a revolution. <laughs> the fact that you can't talk about it and you can't organize, those support the fact that it's going to happen. If okay, I think you're crazy, but it's not my opinion about the stuff that's really in debate. It's not. The, the facts are just there. They're just there. And people don't want to face it, just like they don't want to face the facts I raised about the Constitution and what a fraud the whole thing is. See, people don't want to face ugly facts. They want to stick their head in the sand and imagine that they can just make, you know, do. They don't understand that this is it. See, this is it. It's not going to continue to run on for 50 more years like it has in the past. People can't see that this is a fundamental shift when you get put into an electronic medical prison. Nothing like that's ever happened in the past, in our known history. Nothing. So it's not going to be the same. This is it. Not going to be a battle for your kids. Kids aren't going to have a battle. The kids are going to be enslaved. Time is now, period. That's it. It's either going to happen or it's not. And I don't see any evidence it's going to happen because, like I said, the controlled opposition is so sophisticated that people are so brainwashed. So brainwashed. So I've given people uh, all sorts of things that can be solutions. So I don't want to hear about what's your plan. You don't listen to my show enough. I'm not going to repeat all the shit all the time. People need to go listen or not. But 
I've played the recent show that showed you what the so-called constitutional conservative solution is, and that's to jump up and down and be furious and call your representative. Well, we already know that that works, and it's utterly asinine. And that same guy is the one who tells you that jury nullification, an affront to the fantastic judicial system he has. So there you go. So there you go. And if you want to follow me, I'm still on Twitter. I'm, I'm legal man at U.S. Law Review until they kind of kick me off or I get a new one. And I opened a telegram. It's called Legal Man the Quash, and Legal Man the Quash group is the chat forum. And they're both public. And the people in Patreon, they have their own chat group, and they can obviously join the public one if they want, but they have their own private group. That telegram channel I opened up for the public is just so, in case I do get kicked off, which I probably will ultimately, you can find me there, and you can find my shows there, and you can figure out where I am, where I popped up on Twitter or some other social media. And there's a lot of cool people in there already, and they interact. If you don't like Twitter, but you want to get a taste of Twitter, because I'll post stuff from Twitter instead of other people, it's kind of a nicer place to do it with, with a, way less censorship. So it is what it is. And I want to thank the people who support me in Patreon. They have a lot of integrity. I really do appreciate that because I consider myself to be a person who has integrity and I do things based upon reason. And if I really love a show and I look forward to the show, and all, well, then I'm going to support that show. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. That's what the people in Patreon do. So thank you. You know, I know they get a lot of extra shows and they have all sorts of other stuff, but, you know, most of them do it because they appreciate the work that goes into it, the fact that I've thrown all this skin in the game, and they decide, you know, I'll throw skin in the game too. He takes a lot of risks. He's given me information that's extremely valuable. There's no way if you even tried to just monitor one constitutional law course, cost you thousands of dollars, and you just get confused. I've explained shit to people that they're never going to figure out. So thank you to those people in Patreon who step up and do that. And there's no update on the movie beyond what I've already given. It's still set to come out here in September. The Jones Plantation, I play Mr. Jones. It's written by Larkin Rose, a really fantastic allegory about going from chattel slavery to debt slavery. And I think it's going to be really good. I hope people support that movie, make it make a lot of money so that we can make more because it's a great medium to reach a whole new group of people. So, all right. Well, besides that, I don't know if there's anything else to say. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Put your hands together one more time for Legal Man.